You're listening to the Brand Builders Lab episode 99. We're almost there. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Welcome back to the podcast. We are at episode 99, which I'm very excited about. And just a heads up, we do have some adult language in this podcast episode. So make sure that you've got your headphones in if you need to. We have got Megan Luscombe on today. She is a relationship and life coach. I connected with her on Instagram quite a while ago. I've kind of met her at a number of events, which has been great. But every time I see something that she posts on Instagram, nine times out of ten, I'm like, yes, you preach, girl. I love what she talks about. Um, And I think that this topic around saying no recognizing self-sabotage, really understanding what's going on underneath the surface means that you can be happier in your business and life. So this is something that I definitely wanted to talk about and it's not really a business how-to, it's more of a mindset and life how-to as well. So I'm excited to have this conversation with her. But before we dive in, just a super quick reminder that Digital Content Creators Club is coming out very soon. So I actually had video marketing made easy, which I was going to update and I thought, you know something, I want to include video marketing made easy so how to get confident on video content strategy sorted to understand how to create content that is commercial and helps you to sell and connect and then I'm also going to add a new module which is around how to get your content online so either create a course or run a live workshop that you can charge for as well so if you go to suzechadwick.com forward slash digital club then you'll be able to find out more about that I have made it super inexpensive so that if you need support then you can absolutely get it there so check that out but without further ado let's dive into this week's episode Megs welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast thank you for having me I'm excited to be here your podcast is like killing it so I'm like pumped to be amongst it I'm in good company (laughs) Amazing. Absolutely. We are in good company. We were just chatting a second ago before I hit record and I'm like, everything that you put on Instagram, I'm just like, yes, you preach girl, you tell them. So (laughs) we've really started on a high. I'm loving that. (laughs) absolutely so um because you do talk about yeah like owning your decisions and we you talk about self-sabotage you talk about saying no and all of these things and I just I think you know something in this podcast I talk a lot about like what to do and like you know how to build your list or how to grow your brand and all of that but I actually think that it all starts with us and how we work and show up in our business Mm -hmm. and a lot of things flow from that which is why I really wanted to have you on the podcast so I'm excited to have you here but for my listeners who don't know you can you give us a bit about you and how you got here yes okay well I am a relationship and life coach I have been working in my field for about eight and a half years 
Um, after going to university for psychology and law, uh, I dumped law because it was literally destroying my soul. <laughs> I realised there was a lot of um, not a lot of freedom in psychology. You get sort of um, boxed a little bit. And there was back when I was in um, university, there was still a lot of negative stigma around psychology. Going to see a psychologist, going to see a psychiatrist. And I thought, well, I need to do something that is a bit more approachable. So I went in and I discovered coaching. Yeah. So um, I did the uh, coaching thing and, you know, studied and did all the work about the, you know, the reframing and the NLP and all that sort of stuff that every bloody coach does. Yeah. And realized that I was finding my own way in my own type of coaching model, I guess. So I suppose when people think of coaches, they think of sort of like a business model or a business coach. Um, and as much as I, you know, would say I am a coach, I suppose I'm a coach in a, in the sense of I adapt myself to my client. I don't, I don't follow like grow models and stuff like that. Yeah, which, yeah. Um, a lot of coaches do. Um, yeah. so I guess I'm a, I'm a little bit unique in that way. And I've been doing it. Yeah. For eight and a half years. I freaking love it. I'm obsessed with my job. I am fucking obsessed i i really do believe that i'm fortunate and not fortunate because it's luck fortunate because i work my ass off that i love my job and i can mm. actually say that because i know i work with a lot of people and i see a lot of clients and i'm sure you do too that are fucking miserable and they hate what they do and every damn day i wake up and i'm like fucking yes this is so good <laughs> like it's so good right yeah i mean and you get tired at the end of the day but if you're tired for you like yes so, and it energizes you. It's like the work that you do, the things that you talk about, the stuff you're passionate about, like it energizes you. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know, you talk about it to death and then you get tired and you go to sleep, but then you wake up again and you're like, boom, I'm ready. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready again. And I suppose because I'm working in a field of sort of empowering people to say no, put boundaries in, say yes to themselves, you know, go take the leap. So I suppose the conversations I'm having, having with people are also in the empowering sense. So I'm sort of like on a high after every session because I feel yeah. like somebody's like unlocking a new part of themselves and they're about to go achieve something. So it's pretty amazing. It's pretty good. Amazing. And so who do you work with? What kind of people do you enjoy working with? I work with, I love working with couples. Um, I do a lot, lot of couples coaching. And I absolutely love it to bits. I think that's probably, oh, just helping a couple communicate better or better hear each other, support each other. It is such, it's like a drug to me. I just love seeing a couple who go, who, who comes in initially a little bit nervous and a little bit, oh, you know, maybe we're not going to work. And then I give them a few like strategies and they turn it around and then they call me and then they're like, things are great. And I had a couple get remarried last year. Gorgeous. Legit. I was like, invite me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> but I'm coming sort of. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I do um, couples coaching. I work with individuals sort of on a um, level when it comes to setting boundaries, um, stopping self-sabotage, learning not to uh stepping into the courage of being disliked i work yes. with um, women when it comes to that area um, but i suppose it's like i said it's really an adaptable thing but what i don't work on i don't do any business development yeah. so if people were to come to me and say oh look i really need help with my business and stuff like that i'm like hell to the no <laughs> <laughs> 
like I, I definitely am very uh i'm very self-aware of my limitations when it comes to coaching and the things that i just don't want to focus on i was about to say but it's what you want to do as well i mean if that's not what you want to do then yeah so business no yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, there's so much that you just mentioned there that I kind of feel I want to dive into. Um, and I think that right now we were sort of chatting as well. And I sort of said, what are the main things that you're seeing? And even when you like are talking to other women in business or just like, you know, in general, because that's who my main audience is, what are some of the things that you think we need to be more aware of ourselves in order to operate at the level we want to or be happy or be like just I don't know just function better yeah function better I like that. yeah just function better um I think a lot of women that I see I don't know if you see this but a lot of women are failing at saying what they mean and meaning what they say and mm-hmm. I mean that in the sense of they're not showing up to their relationships in all the senses, so their friendships, their work relationships, even the relationships they have with their like family, they're not communicating how they are feeling. They are expecting other people to just miraculously somehow know. And I find that a lot of um, the time, it's a simple communication lapse that's happening. It's just instead of actually saying how we feel or what we need, we uh, make an assumption. We, we, we don't follow through. And I'm, I'm seeing a lot of my clients like, like, in dipping into the anger side of that because they're not, they're expecting their partners to know how they feel or their friends to know how they feel without actually communicating it. So, and so when you say anger, what do you mean by that? Like, what are they, who are they angry at and what are they angry about? They're angry that their partners don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, how dare they? Yeah, yeah. They're angry that, um, people aren't basically reading their mind, Yeah, you know, and when we get into that anger, we also start dipping into resentment. And I see that a lot. There's like this underlying resentment people have for like some of their friends or their family or their partners, because they are not knowing what they, they need. Mm. They're not knowing that because it's not being communicated. Mm. And it's, it's really somewhat frustrating <laughs> Yeah. To see somebody talk to me and go, oh, I'm really resentful of this. And then for me to say, okay, have you spoken about it? And they say, well, no, they should just know. Well, you know what? Here's a fun fact for you. No, nobody just knows. Yeah. So that's what I'm noticing a lot of. And I think that's the gap that needs to be filled of people starting to realize that you can say how you feel and you can ask for what you need. It's not needy. We have needs. And I think that's what I want to change, the dialogue around needs. Mm. And so what are some of the things? I guess the first thing is like how to, if, if that's me, if, if one of my listeners is kind of going, well, I think that they should know or I'm feeling resentful or I'm feeling angry, like what are some of the things that we can start to do to address things from our own perspective mm-hmm. or from our own actions yeah. to start to change and move that? Yeah, you've really got to open up the conversation. You've got you've got to talk. You can't assume that things will just fix themselves or, you know, let it go and in a few days it'll all come good. You know, I think a lot of people wait around for something to change without actually changing it. Yeah. For the best. Um, 
And it's really important that we ask our friends and our partners and our family members questions, things like, um, is what I'm saying making sense to you? Um, am I explaining this in a way you understand? Uh, you know, we just want connection points where yeah. we, we can clarify what's going on. And, you know, sometimes we get angry at our partners and our friends and, and sometimes we can work that out ourselves. We can, you know, we can um, go and sort through that. We don't always need to bring everything up. Sometimes we can do our own like damage control in our head. Yeah. But it's important that if you've chosen to do that, if you've chosen not to speak up, you can't then get angry at the person because you haven't voiced anything. Yeah. So it needs a lot of accountability. And I think that's what a lot of people need to be able to sort of shine that mirror and go, okay, where am I contributing to this? And how can I work on that? And it's just a little habit we need to break out of. It's not a bad quality in people if we work on it. Yeah. We're all humans. We'll fuck up. But it's important, you know, if anybody's listening to this saying, oh, God, you know, I, I expect my partner to always know what I'm thinking and we get into arguments, it's just important for you to go, okay, cool. I've addressed that part of my personality. This is what I'm doing. And it is actually negatively impacting not only my partner, but me. So maybe next time I assume that they should know how I'm feeling, I'm going to ask them, hey, do you know how I'm feeling right now? And then you get, and then they'll go, not, and you'll be able to say, (laughs) and you'll be able to go, holy shit, I've been expecting you to know the whole time. And maybe that's contributing to why we're having these little miscommunications. Like, and chances are they might be doing the same thing. It's, it's, we want to use these moments to connect us, not mm. to make us feel bad about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And just because, um, you know, I always like to kind of go, this is where I screwed up. Um, <laughs> so I've had this with my husband in the past. I'm a lot more upfront these days, but it was like I was upset about something and he thought he knew I was upset, but he thought I was upset about something else. Yes. And so there was the like total disconnect where I was like, do you know that I'm upset about this? He's like, I knew you were upset, but I thought it was about that. I'm like, yeah. no, it's not about that at all. Oh, and... thinking it's about... <laughs> but I think that, that, that there's that disconnect as well, where your partner may know that something's not right, yes. but they may like, they've just got completely different brains. Haven't they? Like sometimes they're just on a different wavelength altogether. And they're thinking that, you're upset about one thing when actually it's something completely different. Exactly. And this is what I talk to couples about, about it's so important to just ask a question. Just one little question, right? Like, hey, um, are you angry about this? Yes. And then you get to say, no, no, babe, I'm actually angry about this. And then whatever happens there happens there. But the problem is, is we hold these thoughts in our head and we go about our own business and we're both, you know, ruminating over different things. And then we realize that we're just missing the mark. Mm. We're not connecting anymore. We're disconnecting. And all it takes a lot of the time to check back in is just one question. Yeah. And we need to get more comfortable asking it. That's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. And what would you say around communication styles as well? Because I think that this can be a barrier sometimes is that, so I'm an extrovert and so I like to talk things through, whereas my partner's, my hubby is an introvert. So he likes to know what's coming and then go away and think about it and then come back. And like, it's just, I think it's just trying to, it's a bit of a dance, isn't it? Of working out like how to communicate my gosh we've been salsering the whole time right in relationships it is an absolute dance one that i think you don't actually end up learning until you're ready to turn the mirror on yourself um my wife is very uh wants to go and think about things 
wants to then come and talk. So yes. I guess that's what you're saying, right? Whereas I'm the person who's like, oh, we're fucking talking about it now. <laughs> right? I mean, obviously, you and I work in the same sort of world, right? We're, we're to- we teach people to talk. Yeah. So for us, we're like, no, I'm ready. I'm going to talk about it. Like, let's talk. So, you know, after we've been together for eight years, so we've learned over time to step into our positive attributes because introverts are brilliant at being able to uh, take something away and then sift through. Like that's such an amazing quality of an introvert where they only react to things when they go, no, it's, this is, this is worth it for me to chime in. Otherwise they're pretty good at like staying back. Right. Which is lovely quality. Whereas the extroverts were like, man, I'm at everything. I'm going to go at everything. I'm going to say something about everything. And I suppose we as extroverts can, you know, learn from introverts to, you know, pick and choose your moments, right? We don't need to, you don't need to go in at everything. And I suppose one thing I learned and I've learned with, you know, my wife is sometimes I need to bring something to her about how I'm feeling. And then I need to allow her time to yes. think about what I've said. And, and we agree on those times. So Hey, I'm upset about this. This is how I'm feeling. This is what's happened. And then she will more often than not say her opinion. Maybe, you know, she doesn't feel the same way. And she'll say, can we talk about this in a few hours? Yeah. And then she has to go and process. And I respect that because it's not about me making her be me. And then I've already, as the communicator, I've already communicated how I felt. So my part of the, you know, half of our, you know, relationship has been, it's gone, it's happened. And then she gets to come back. But like you said, it's a dance and it took us a long time to be able to work out the right footwork. But now that we've got the right footwork, like we are fucking Latin professional dancers. (laughs) (laughs) But it takes a while and it takes a lot of to and fro and a lot Mm. of new boundary creation, letting, you know, somebody else come in and it's, it's a, it's an art form. Yeah. And I think that that is like, that comes into our business as well. So even with business friends or collaborations or clients, like even the other day I was working uh, with doing a brand strategy for a business partnership. Um, And as we were going through it all and like, I was like, are you like, what are, are you guys introvert, extrovert? One was an introvert, one was an extrovert. So the one was kind of shooting the breeze with me and we were whiteboarding stuff and the other one was kind of sitting quite quiet. And I was just like, okay, so this is, I think this is a conversation that we kind of have to have with a lot of people as to how they process information when we're in some like discussions and stuff. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's the thing. We... Are, we will surround ourselves with people who suit different parts of our personality, right? So I would say that I'm an ambivert. I go from introversion into extroversion. My introversion is basically comes when I'm really tired or I've had a massive work and I need my own solitude. And I'm sure yeah. you can relate. Like you and I work really closely with people so we can be taking on a lot of other stuff. So my moments of introversion are really more about me rebuilding my ability to be able to come back out. Yeah. Um, but extroverts and that we surround ourselves with people uh, you know extroverts introverts will have a lot of extroverted people because we surround ourselves with people whose qualities we admire and not you know that's why we end up dating somebody because like i love my wife's you know solitude because i I love her ability to you know think things through and I, i admire that about her and i want more of that in me like i love that and you know she sees my ability to maybe talk a bit more and loves that about you know me but i think um business relationships, 
um, even friendships, we're not talking about how can we get the best out of each other. Mm. I think there's a massive emphasis on romantic relationships to have these conversations. But when it comes to business relationships, I say for partnerships and when you're working closely with somebody, there's no conversations being facilitated of, we have both have different personalities, mm. we have different strengths. How do we use that to the best of our abilities? If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's also like you were just saying, like it's kind of taking that that filter or that perspective. And when you go into any kind of business relationship as well, it's just kind of asking yourself that question. Like, how can I communicate best with this person? How can we have a good relationship? And not just assuming that they're going to understand or read your mind, that they're going to understand what you're saying and and what you mean by it, uh, or that that they work or operate at the same level as you on, on different things. So I think communication is so important and working out how to initiate that friendship, business relationship conversation as well. Yeah. Yes. You know, communication is, is paramount in every relationship. It's what keeps us connected. And it's when we don't do it properly, it's what makes us feel disconnected. And I think a few questions asked here and there, just checking in with any type of relationship you have, it in the long run, it solidifies your relationship so much more, whether it be a business relationship, friendship, family, or romantic, obviously. But I think um, we just need to feel more confident in asking the question. Yeah, and just being more aware of it. I think sometimes we kind of go around living life just not really thinking about it as well. So I think that that's the other thing. Absolutely. I mean, when was the last time you had a client, you know, say that, oh, I'm, I'm comfortable asking my business partner if my communication style is suitable for them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't hear it a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. you know, we don't, uh, we don't talk about these things. And I think we don't talk about these things because when it comes to relationships that aren't romantic, I think we go on the assumption that they're just going to work. Yes. Right, it's just going to be working. Like you know, when we're business partners and we're best friends, so it's going to go perfectly. Well, guess what? It's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It takes it like takes me right back to years and years ago where I moved in with my best friend, and in the end, I said we have to not live together in order to stay right. best friends. Right. Um, yeah, like you know, but it's just kind of like you just assume you're like, well, we're besties. This is going to be amazing. Not, no, not amazing. No, not amazing. Bad decision. Bad decision. <laughs> So, yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about was saying no, because I think that this is like, you know, we're talking about pandemics in the news at the moment. I think this is an epidemic where we're like, we are not able to, or we feel like we can't, or I don't know what it is, but say no to things. And so we're now overworked, um, overscheduled, over whatever. It's like, how do, how do my listeners, how do we take control of this? Well, I think it's really important that we understand that no is a complete sentence, right? <laughs> Number one, no is a complete sentence. And I think the thing is we're conditioned to be people pleasers, especially women. We are the, the, we're the sort of lifeblood of our relationships, right? Like we are the nurturers, we're the givers, we're the mothers, we're the caretakers. We want to be nurturing to people. It's in our nature, it's in our biology. But the problem is we've not been able to have that while still having healthy boundaries. 
Mm-hmm. And nobody's told us that you can have healthy boundaries and still be all of those qualities. Yeah. So people sometimes go, well, if I say no, then I'm a bitch. Yeah. If I say no, then they're not going to like me. So they start to take on everything. And by taking on everything, they then start resenting the people they're taking on these tasks for because they're not valuing themselves. So mm-hmm. ways to say no are, thanks so much for that invitation last week, babe. I won't be able to make it, but have fun. Yep. Right? It doesn't need to be a no. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can totally say that if you want to, like power to you. Um, no. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the thing is, like if our, if our um, partners ask us a question about doing something that we don't want to do, we're comfortable saying no. Right? No, I'm not going. No, I don't want to do it. No, I'm not calling her. No, I'm not making dinner. No, I'm not doing this, right? But when it comes to the external world, we're like, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll take on the 10 projects that have nothing to do with me and I'm not going to get paid for. Yes, I will do this because I don't want you to not like me. Yes, I'll plan our friendship group catch up even though I'm not going to be there on that date. You know, like you start to say yes to everything and then you turn around and look at your yes pile and it's like sky high, but none of it's for you. Mm. So it's about working out when you are saying yes, are you saying yes to them and no to you? Yeah. Because if you are, then you need to start learning how to say no because you're just damaging your own mental health and you're also damaging relationships because if you're saying yes to things and there's an underlying resentment or anger for doing it, you're, you just got to picture it like somebody's put like a hammer in, you're just chipping, you're slowly eroding that relationship. And we don't want relationships that have resentment. That's not fun. No. We don't want friends that we are, you know, angry with underneath because we said yes to something we didn't want to. Like, nobody has time for that. I mean, I think I know personally, once I got into my 30s, I was just like, fuck that, man. Time is precious. You know, older I get, the more I think relationships need to be things that make you thrive. Yeah. And so if that means you've got to say no to a few things, the people who love you, they're going to respect that. And they're going to be like, damn, I want to be able to do that too. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other thing is, is that like, there is such a, I don't know. So I hear it all the time. And, you know, even Elizabeth Gilbert was talking about this at the business chicks event that I went to is that we, everybody's like, I don't have any time. I don't have time to do the things that I really want. I don't have time for whatever it is. Like, you know, um, and it, it's a choice. Everything that we have in our lives, in our diaries, whatever it is, it's all a choice. And so I think that it's also just having that realization that you own what you say yes and no to. Um, and you have to prioritize and just make a decision is this going to help me grow my business? Is this going to help me have a better relationship with my family? Like, whatever your priorities are. Yeah. I think that that's just where you've got to come from. So yeah, I think that the time thing is always an interesting one. Yeah, I get really, um, but I also think like saying like I'm busy has become like a catchphrase. Like, oh, you know, I'm just so busy. Well, but are you? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I know personally that for me, busy, I don't actually say it very much. Mm. Um. And I, I think I make a conscious choice not to say it very much because I feel like it's become a culture. Yeah. Um, just like the same as, you know, slay all day has become a culture. You've got to hustle. You've got to hustle hard. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of become this badge. Like, oh my God, I'm so busy. I'm so this. And at the end of the day, we all have the same amount of hours. 
Like we all have the same hours in a day, right? And we're all choosing, like you said before, we're making choices with what we're saying yes to. And in my opinion, I want to be saying yes to the things that contribute to my overall life goals. And if they don't contribute to that, then you bet your ass I'm saying no to them. And I'm not saying no with anger. I say no with kindness. Like I say no with that doesn't suit me, but you guys go have fun or no, that doesn't suit me because it doesn't align with me. And I think a lot of people hear no in a negative way. Yeah. And it's just another word. Like, no, I can't come. Thank you though. No, I'll be able to make it. No, actually, I don't want to take on that project because that's not what my business is all about. Or no, sorry. You know, for me, if somebody comes to me about um, business coaching, no, sorry, that isn't my field of expertise, but I can show you somebody else who is. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think we need to start realizing that we're taking on things that don't line up with us. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it is just a memory muscle thing as well, isn't it? It's like the more that you say it, I always say, just practice it in the mirror. Yes. Like, you know, just, just say, oh no, but you know, thanks so much for asking or no, unfortunately that's not something I can do right now. Or no, that actually doesn't align with where I'm going. So it's like, you know, like just practice, like have those three or four responses and just practice saying them. So when somebody asks, you're like, oh, thank you. That sounds amazing. But unfortunately I can't do that. That's right. And it's really important what I, and I would love if you know your listeners have one thing to take away from this is that they can say no without following it with an apology. Yes. You can just say, like you just said before, no, thanks so much for the like invitation, but unfortunately I won't be able to make it. Cool. End. Right. Yeah. A lot of people go into, let me explain the reasons <laughs> as to why I can't do this. Yeah. And then let me profusely apologize for it. Yeah. Really? We don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. And at the end of the day, by say, for example, if somebody texts me and says, hey, Megs, do you want to do coffee on Friday night? Right. I don't have to go back and say, oh, I've got clients until this time. So I'm not going to be able to do this time and blah, excuse, reason, 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 reason. I can just turn around and go, no, thanks. But I look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't. Make it simple. Yeah. And the thing is, we're making it hard in our heads. Yeah. We're making assumptions again. We're going, oh, no, I need to explain this because I don't want them to think this or rah, rah, rah. Most of the time, you know what? They're not even thinking shit. Yeah, like if somebody said no to me, I'd just be like, oh, they're obviously just not available or it's just not like, you know, they just want to stay home and veg on a Friday night or whatever it is. Like, it's not like I'm going, oh, do they not like me? No. But this is what people do. We make everything about us. (laughs) Our egos just jump in and they're like, it's about me. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes it's not about you. Yeah. Amazingly, it's not about you. Um, and I want to go back to busy as well. This has been because you were saying, you know, when you ask somebody if they're, if how they're going or whatever, it's like, oh, really busy. It's been quite funny. I get people that come up to me, they're like, oh my gosh, like, how are you? You look really busy. I'm like, no, I'm actually pretty good. Like, I'm not that busy um, because I've made really uh, clear decisions about what I'm investing my time in this year. So it's actually given me so much more space to create, do the stuff I love, think about like what I'm going to do next. And it's like, so I've almost, become it's become a little bit of a habit to go you know something I'm actually not busy I've given myself a lot of space and it feels really good like that's so that that's kind of you know trying to encourage other people mm-hmm. to give themselves the space to build their business have time to think do the stuff that matters like and not fill every hour of the day with something irrelevant that's right and I think as women we've been told to just juggle every ball and we really don't need to do that. Yeah. Like, you know, I, 
I, I often get that as well. Like people look at my Instagram and they're like, oh my God, you were so busy. And I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really flexible in my work life. Yes. I'm loving what I do every day. You know, am I doing client sessions every day? Yes. Am I, you know, do my Instagram posts? Am I recording podcasts? Am I able to do this with you? Am I able to maintain a life with my beautiful friends and my family? Yes. But that's not busy. That's my life. Yeah. And I don't go into this, oh my God, I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy because I get to decide what my life is. Everybody else does as well. We all make, we all get to make these decisions. And I have, I'm flexible maybe, maybe when, you know, like I have flexibility, I guess. That's, yes. that's what I have. And I don't, I don't ever want to, to me, I associate busy with just corporate mentality. Mm. And that yeah. was when I was in my twenties, like, this corporate mentality, busy, 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 busy. When really, man, we did like a fucking hour work a day. (laughs) (laughs) I work harder than I ever have in my life, but it's not from a busy mentality, I guess. That makes sense. It's not, I don't feel like I'm on the, on the hamster wheel. Yeah, I love it. So the message there, stop being busy and stop being intentional and say no to stuff that doesn't matter. A (laughs) hundred percent. T-shirt already. Absolutely. And the last thing I kind of wanted to just touch on as well was just around self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. Like, love that. Just let's just touch on it because it's not a very deep topic or anything. Very let's... surface level. It's quite easy. Yeah. I feel like if we talk about it for about a minute, people will just stop. Totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Because I actually feel like this is like a knock on effect. So we, we sometimes don't know how to communicate or we expect that people know what we're thinking. We say yes to things that we don't really want, which I feel is actually kind of feeding into self-sabotage. So there was method to my madness. (laughs) I feel like it feeds into the self-sabotage thing. So what are some of the things you're seeing? What are some of the, um, I don't know, like uh, tools or strategies that we can use to recognize when we're in that place of self-sabotage? Yeah. I think what's really important and I think what I've, I always communicate is a lot of us have been conditioned to uh, trust our gut, right? Trust your gut, okay? Which I really believe in, by the way. I, I really believe we should listen to ourselves but I know you're probably going to have a lot of listeners who also experience anxiety. Okay. And people who experience anxiety and I'm putting my hand all the way up because I've had experienced anxiety and panic attacks my whole life. People like myself, my body is literally always in like abort mission mode. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Like it's always in this like state of a bit of fear. Like before I go and do a presentation, before I go and do a workshop, I'm in this like, oh, God, yeah, don't do it. Oh my Run, God. fight or flight. Leave, right? Yeah. And uh, this, we've been taught that those like, these gut feelings are, you know, you've got to listen to them because they're telling you to leave. Like it's telling you to leave. But sometimes for the anxious mind, it's not actually. It's just, you know, you're stepping into the unknown. And when we are in self-sabotage mode, I could look at that moment and go oh it's my gut feeling telling me that I shouldn't be doing this anymore right because that's what our unconscious brain is wanting it's looking for these negative moments to go whoop there we go don't do that don't do that don't do that here we go again but self-sabotage is those moments where Mm -hmm. you take something that's happening and you use it to work against you 
So my overall goal is obviously I want to be doing workshops. Like I love doing them when I'm doing them. I'm like, yes, man, this is so good. Like, but my self-sabotage kicks in and goes, whoop, you sure you want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> it's really scary. And it's learning to understand is your feeling, you know, maybe you're getting this gut feeling. Is that actually an excitement or is it an anxiety? Or um, are you just embarking on something that is about to get you to the next part of your goal or of your life or of your career? So you need to start questioning what's going on because the self-sabotage is the, is the sort of like line between you and the next part of your life. And I think a lot of people don't know how to recognise those moments. Okay. And they don't know how to recognise the voice in their head. And if the voice in their head is actually their voice or if it's something that their parents told them when they were growing up or their friends told them when they were growing up, because most of the time the thoughts you're thinking were given to you. Yeah. And I think a lot of people need to start realising that, that sometimes that negative voice might just be your mum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think that's a hard thing for people to start realising. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. But it's, it's a powerful thing to realise. And I think once people start realising that, they can cut the cord and they can stop self-sabotaging and start, you know, really taking control. Yeah, and I think doing that work of looking at what your thoughts are and then looking at, like, where they've come from or, yeah, just, just a bit of an origin I think is really interesting to do as well. Because I remember when I did my 50 interviews with women um, around, you know, like, what playing big means and why they play small and all the rest of it. Some of the things were, I don't want to play too big. I don't want to just be too loud or too seen because when I was a kid, I was told that kids should be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was, there was some of that stuff that came up, which was really interesting because it was, or it might've been, yeah, it might've been a teacher from fifth grade that said, you're not creative. Like you're not, that's not good enough. And I'm like, I'm speaking to like a 45 year old woman and it was just really interesting. And some of them were kind of like, I didn't even realize that was still there until we've just talked about it now, which was amazing. I think that there's a lot of stuff buried that we're not aware of. Yeah, there is. And I think that's probably one thing that I see a lot because obviously I run workshops on self-sabotage and I think I, I always see the penny drop with people and the connections where they go, oh my God, my dad said that to me. Yeah. Oh my God, my dad told me that I had to go to university to be successful. Oh my God, that's not my fault. That's, you know, and I think people start to connect the dots and I think that's when you start to step into these new parts of yourself, when you connect the dots and go, you know what? That doesn't serve me positively. I'm not going to do that. Sorry, that's my phone just going off. Um, You know, when you start to step into the, I'm no longer held back by that. Mm. And now I can look at it as an observer and instead of participating in the thought. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I also say to people sometimes, you know, if what you're thinking out loud, you wouldn't say, to your best friend, how come you keep entertaining the thought? Yeah. You know, because some, you know, some, when it comes to self-sabotage, people are mortified to say the things that they're thinking out loud. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you can't say it out loud, then how come you're entertaining the thought? Mm. Let's, Let's work on that and unpack that. Yeah. And rewriting the script as well. I mean, it takes time. It does. 
But I think recognizing it and acknowledging it and then looking at what what do I want that to say or what do I want that to be, I think is a powerful exercise to do. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, I think the whole part of life is learning and just becoming more bold, really. And I mean, that's all about what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's your thing. It's to be more courageously you. And I think you can look at your past and, and unpack it, but it's not a place of residence. It's a mm. reference. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, um, our self-sabotage comes from the past. Yeah. We need to go, you know what, this isn't helping me anymore. It's hindering me and yeah. let's unpack it. And that can be scary for some people, but you know what, on the other side of that fear, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Your past is not a place of residence. It's a place of reference. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. Yeah, Uh, awesome. Max, we're going to leave it there because I think that there's a lot of stuff that my listeners are like, I need to go lie down now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I get it. But that's the thing, right? When it comes to, you know, talking about changing your life, it's definitely not something that's easy to do. Yeah, but it's something that's totally possible. Absolutely. Thank you for having me today. Oh, my pleasure. I love these chats. I can talk about this sort of stuff all the You're time. Like, okay, the podcast is going for six hours, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Down and I'll settle in. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen, for, thank you so much. I do love these talks and I do, and I do think that these are really important because I don't think that you can be bold and I don't think that you can step up in the way that I talk about unless you actually look at a lot of the stuff that's under, under the hood and under the surface and you know, um, yeah, around who you want to be and how you want to be. So I love these conversations. Really? Like, I'm like all motivated now. (laughs) It's like the end of the day that we're recording this as well. Like Rocky here. (laughs) Awesome. Well, listen, for those... (laughs) for those of my listeners uh we're gonna have all of your links in the show notes but for those who are sort of out and about where can they find you where's the best place uh instagram at megan luscom underscore that's where i'm at most of the time uh and i'm I'm on my twitter on facebook but you know what instagram's where it's at come come uh hit up my dms slide (laughs) (laughs) oh so good well meg thanks so much thank you for having me Did you like that chat? You know, there was a lot in there and I hope that if this is something that you struggle with or you want to work more on, that you go back and you listen to it because I think that Megs gave us some great tips in there just around being more aware of what's going on. Uh, And I think that these are things that can really make you happier in life and in your business if you tackle them head on. So I really enjoyed this conversation and Oh my gosh, 100 next week, guys, 100 next week. Cannot wait. That's it for another week. Remember, if you want to come and join the conversation, then you can head over to the free Facebook group, Bold Women in Business. The link will be in the show notes as well. And obviously, you can follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love you to leave a review so that others can find the podcast and obviously subscribe if you haven't already. The music in this podcast was created by Declan DP on SoundCloud. But until next time, you amazing, incredible, gorgeous thing, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.